God, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise on tonight. For you are great, and you are greatly to be praised. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, your name is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord on tonight. I was glad when they said unto us, let us go and come into the house of the Lord. Amen. Giving honor to God on tonight, who is the head of my life. Giving honor to our bishop of 34 years, the angel of this house in his absence. Giving honor to our elders on tonight, ministers, um, colleagues in ministry, deaconess, and Shiloh family. I greet you in the name of Jesus, our precious Lord and Savior on tonight. Amen. And in the absence of my husband on tonight, he is not feeling well, so please keep him in your prayers. All right. So if we can just bow our heads and say a word of prayer. Father God, we just love you on tonight, God. We just thank you, Lord God, for who you are in our lives, God. We thank you that you are a way maker, God. We thank you that you are the Prince of Peace, that you are the Lily of the Valley, that you are the bright morning star, that you are everything that we need you to be on tonight, God. So Father God, as we go forth in your word on tonight, I just ask and pray, God, that you allow me to give this to your people the way you gave it to me. Let me make it plain and let me come in my own way. I pray even now that this word falls on fertile ground and that we might run with it and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So the scripture can be found in Mark 16. I'll be reading from the King James Version, um, 16 verses 1 through 10. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and the mother, and Mary, the mother of James and Solomon, had bought sweet spices that they might anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came to the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was great. And entering the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrightened. And he saith to them, Be not affrightened. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. And he said unto you, and they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. 
the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. I'll be speaking from the subject matter tonight. It's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. Now, throughout history, God has spoken to his people through appointed leaders and prophets. He raised up Moses to declare his word to his people. He instructed Samuel to anoint David as king. He appointed Jeremiah over nations and kingdoms. God raised up a Jewish orphan who became a Persian queen, better known as Queen Esther. The names in the scriptures we are familiar with. We've heard various sermons of how God moved in their lives on behalf of his chosen people. We hear the teachings of victory and we see the demonstration of the power of God through the passages of scripture as we try to understand how these truths can be applied to our lives. These appointed mouthpieces have stood the test of time as we still preach and hear about them today. But as I lift up this passage of scripture in the gospel according to Mark, I want to talk to you today about an obscure woman who by all accounts has not been revered as a gospel great. An obscure woman we don't hear eloquent sermons about. An obscure woman we don't hear Bible lessons about. An obscure woman who doesn't appear to be the main draw in this passage of scripture, nor her role even highlighted as important. Now, when we look at this text, we understand that this is a pivotal time in our Christian faith. This passage of scripture finds us smack dead in the middle of our faith's most significant and magnificent occasion, the post-resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. This single event is what separates our faith from any other. If this were a blockbuster film, this scene right here would be the climax. It is here in this defining moment of our faith that we find this obscure woman named Mary Magdalene, the leading lady, is the first witness of our risen savior. Now Jesus could have easily appeared first to any of his disciples or even Peter, but our risen savior chose to appear first to Mary Magdalene, not to Pilate, or the chief priests, or the elders, or the scribes, or the rulers, or the kings, not even his mother. None of the important title-bearing scholarly leaders of the time. Now this is what captured my attention and baffled me in this text. It left me with more questions than I had answers for. Why did God appear first to Mary Magdalene? And what was so special about Mary Magdalene that she commanded a private audience with Jesus? And why did Mary Magdalene have such a prominent role in this transition of Jesus' earthly ministry to spiritual ministry? And if that's the case, how could Mary Magdalene be a hidden figure in plain sight as she was a witness to three major events in our faith, the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection. Now, as I was reading and studying and praying and asking God how and why did we miss her relevance, after all, this is the undisputed word of God. It has to have relevance. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say praise be to God. 
this is like some who shot JR from Dallas back in the day. Like, how could this be? This is like, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. This is a defining moment. The world is watching. This is huge. This is like Janet Jackson is dating Jermaine Dupree. Like, how did that happen? It just leaves me wondering, like, how did this happen? She's there, but we don't see her. She's there, but we don't preach about her. And she's there, but we don't recognize her value. And then I finally heard from the Lord. And I got this revelation. So, so bear with me. We serve an extraordinary God that does extraordinary exploits. And oftentimes we're looking for an explanation when God wants to provide his revelation. We must understand that our God operates in the supernatural realm. And he reminded me that I am God. You won't catch this thing with your natural eye. We, it's time that we tap into our spiritual eye. And that's why many of us today miss the mighty move of God in our lives because we haven't yet elevated. We're so busy looking at what we see in the natural, we miss the significance of what we can't see in the spiritual. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. God wants us to know tonight that it's not what it looks like in the natural. We're living in a day and a time whereby we can't believe everything that we see, hear, or read. And I'm reminded of the word in 2 Kings, those who are with us are more than those who are against us. Elijah prayed, oh Lord, open his eyes so he may see. So there's a whole nother realm, a higher realm that we must tap into. God wants us to go higher in him and it's time for the manifested power of God to be revealed in the earth realm through the church, through, the, through God's chosen people. He has miracles, he has favor, he has purpose for the church. And the gates of hell cannot and will not and shall not prevail against it. It's time to tap into a higher realm in God. So don't take the bait. Don't get bamboozled. Don't get caught up in all that you see in here day in and day out because we're living in an era where it appears reality TV is the norm and fake news is real news and we tweet instead of talk. But we can come and decree and declare that there, although there may be trouble on every side, we're not distressed. We may be perplexed, but we're not in despair. And we may be persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We may even be cast down, but we are not destroyed because it's just not what it looks like. Now this thing is twofold. It wasn't anything that Mary Magdalene did, but it was everything that she represented. The purpose of the gospel all wrapped up in Mary Magdalene. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. He came to heal the brokenhearted and he came to proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of the prison to those who are bound. She represents all of that and then some. She represented all who suffer under elements of oppression and depression. She represented what you do to the least of these, you do unto me. She was devalued and overlooked, but that's okay. 
Because although the writers of Matthew, Mark, and John didn't see her, God did, and he sees you too. So don't worry about a thing, because we can look in the face of our challenges, and we can declare that all things work together for the good. The mere fact that she was a woman says it all. Women had little to no voice in political or governmental affairs, and they typically had no identity apart from their husbands or any male figure they were associated with. They were categorized with Gentiles, and to take it a step farther, women would have never been chosen as witnesses since Jewish law did not acknowledge the testimony of women. And this is the beginning of the New Testament church. And our God set it off with a woman. And not just any woman, but a woman who had some issues, a woman who had some struggles, a woman who had been through some things. And that's good news because if you've ever had any struggles, if you've ever felt like you were on the outside looking in, frustrated, fed up, about to give up, hold on, that's a good place to be because God could be setting you up for a private encounter with Jesus. Somebody get ready, get ready, get ready to have an encounter with Jesus. Now, it isn't necessarily about Mary Magdalene more than it is about God. By appearing to Mar Mary Magdalene first, God was demonstrating to us who he is. He was challenging the status quo. He was proclaiming God's reign of justice and right relationship. He was transcending custom. He was establishing his God-given mission. Not only is he the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus is revolutionary. He's remarkable. He's triumphant. He's transformative. He's strategic. He's groundbreaking. He's a change agent. He's all-powerful. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew and also the Gentile. There's no one race or social class. No one is left out. No one is ruled out. There's no wrong family. There's no wrong education. There's no wrong race. There's no wrong gender. There's no wrong moral track record. The only thing that will rule you out of the kingdom of God is yourself. Our God is awesome. Now there are two observations that were revealed, well actually three observations that were revealed in the text about Mary Magdalene's re relationship with Christ that we can apply to our relationship today. The first one is she was a fierce follower of Christ. Now we live in this era of social media which has become a part of our daily life. Some researchers even say we check our phones about 80 times a day or once every 12 minutes. We follow everybody and everything on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and LinkedIn and people gain and lose jobs via social media. Some even win elections and we even have a tweeting president who uses social media to drive his agenda. 
You follow what you are interested in. You follow because you want to be in the know. You follow because you want to do what they do and see where they go. How about we hashtag follow Jesus? How about that? Just like Mary Magdalene, her name is one of the most frequently found appearing some 14 times, and she does so as a witness to our Savior's resurrection, because she followed Jesus. Despite what it looked like, conversely, her name does not appear in any other book of the New Testament apart from the Gospels. While the Gospels tell us that the disciples fled to Galilee, the women stayed by Jesus' side through the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Mary Magdalene watched them take his body, bring it to the tomb, and stayed long enough to see the, the great stone that was rolled in front of the sepulcher. So she must have been the last one who left the crucifixion, and then the first one at the tomb early the next morning. Mark, Matthew, and John all mention Mary Magdalene as a witness along with other women. Now it may have been the disciples who walked with him and talked with him and did great exploits in his name. And yes, they were close with him in public, but as they mourned and wept, Mary Magdalene was on the move. What we do know is that she was in the right place at the right time, not once, not twice, but multiple times. It was Mary Magdalene who he sent his angel to first. It was Mary Magdalene who he appeared to first. And it was Mary Magdalene who was the forerunner for Christ at the most pivotal point in our faith. Jesus said in his word, the pure in heart shall see God. And this is how we must follow God. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible declares that there will be tribulations, but be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. And if he has overcome the world, and if we are in him, that means we too have overcome the world. How do you follow Jesus? Do we miss God in the midst of our sadness? Do we miss God in the midst of our grief? Do we miss God in the midst of life's challenges? Although life may appear to be getting the best of us at some point, we have to stand on God's promises that all things work together for the good and God is always behind the scenes working it out. He's always preparing us to be a blessing. Not only did she follow Christ, but she was also a friend to Christ. Not only did she follow Jesus, she friended Jesus. She ministered, she loved, she showed up for him, she was loyal, and she was faithful. Friends take care of each other, and they reciprocate, reciprocate from the heart. She went to the tomb to take care of Jesus, but that's what women do. The scripture says, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Most women are very, very loyal creatures. Pay attention, men.
We are natural nurturers. We will move heaven and earth to make sure our loved ones are okay. And I believe it's just who she was. It's how God made us. Mary Magdalene was operating in her God-given function and authority. After all, it's recorded in Genesis chapter two, while the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God took from man, he made into a woman. Now the rib cage provides a strong framework unto which the muscles of the shoulder girdle, the chest, the upper abdomen, and the back can attach. That means we hold it all together. That means that we support and we protect. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Do I have any Mary Magdalene women in the house? That's the kind of love she had for Jesus. Men, do we have any men that love their Mary Magdalene women? Amen. That's the kind of love she had for Jesus. And that's the kind of love that Jesus has for us. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And that's the confidence that we have, that when we call upon the name of Jesus, he will appear. His word is our high tower that the righteous run into, and we know that we are safe. So it's not what it looks like. Not only do we have to be fierce followers of Christ, and friends to Christ, lastly, we have to know that there is freedom in Christ. The word declares that she was delivered from several demons, and there is only one devil, and one is more than enough. But there are legions of demons or fallen angels who torture men and women every day walking to and fro, seeking whom they may devour. We don't know how long, and we don't know why, but this we do know, that they met their master in him, who came to destroy the works of the devil, and just like that, one touch from the master will change the entire trajectory of our lives. So be of good courage, and God will strengthen your heart. God wants you to know this day that he sees you, and whatever is going on, in your life, he's got you. You may not understand, but it's not what it looks like. As we unpack this text, we are more like Mary Magdalene than we realize. God will go out of his way to see about you when everyone else has rejected you, even when you've rejected yourself, even when you mistreat yourself, even when you abuse yourself, you are important enough for God to appear and move in your life. 
and in your circumstance. God wants you to know that you're not what you've been through. The devil is a liar on tonight. So stop reliving and replaying the hurts of our past. We get hooked up on our stories. We rom romanticize the very thing that's trying to steal our purpose and our destiny. Change the script. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are new. We are victorious through Christ Jesus. We are no longer a victim, but we are victors on today. Our past failures don't disqualify our future success. They've been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. I said it's not what it looks like, church. Past is your past. Let us stand still and see the salvation of our God. Let us stand in the glory of the Lord. It's not what it looks like. God knows what you've been through. It's not what it looks like because you're still here. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be here to talk about it. We wouldn't have a testimony. You're still standing. You're still believing. You're still praying. You're still fasting. You're still believing. And you're still trusting God. We're still here. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And he who the Son has set free is truly free indeed. Hallelujah, God. We're still here. We're still here. I said it's not what it looks like. God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against them. And he tries to attack our minds and make us feel like we don't know what we know. But we have the knowledge of Christ and we know what God has done for us. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So when he whispers lies in your, in your mind, just speak back and say, devil, you a liar. It's a no. It's a no. I know what God has done for me. I know where God has taken me from. Hallelujah. Open up your mouth and give God some praise.